welcome back. So we've been off for a couple of weeks. Um, a lot's been going on in life, but we're back. And so today I think we should start off by talking about Marvel because I watched No Way Home last night and my opinion about it has changed. I'm 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 really interested to hear this about why your opinion has changed. So Stephen and I watched it last night, and in the so when I saw it in theaters, I want to preface by saying last night was not the first time that I saw it. It was the first time that Stephen saw it, but I did go and see it in theaters. And even in theaters, you know, I saw it. I was watching it. I definitely felt some of the emotions that folks were talking about. Are we past the point of spoilers now? I believe so. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's almost out on DVD. It's the third highest grossing movie in, in global box office. I think we're well past the point of spoilers. <laughs> so, you know, in the beginning, um, we all know how it starts off right after what happened in the last movie. I'm still worried that someone hasn't seen that one either. Um, just just say it. I don't want to. All right, I'll say it. So. What happens at the end of uh, Endgame, right? We all know Tony Stark dies. Peter's got to live with the fact that his new, his kind of adopted dad is no longer there. His other adopted dad, uh, Captain America, is now, uh, he looks kind of like Mr. Rogers. And um, the Avengers have kind of gone and done their own thing, whatever's left of them. And Peter's left to try and figure out how to be Spider-Man. Well, yeah, that's in game, but then we have. Oh, and then home. then you had. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Then you have the, you know, uh, Mysterio who makes Peter out to be this villain, a murderer and a villain. And uh, the whole world learns that Peter is Spider-Man. And it's obviously a huge problem, especially now that he has a girlfriend and people have seen him swinging through the city with said girlfriend. And so Endgame or uh, No Way Home picks up pretty much right after the events of far from home yeah so originally when i went into this movie i was not the biggest fan of zendaya um i think it's because i've seen her in like other kiddish stuff and i just wasn't really into it now that i have watched euphoria <laughs> both seasons my opinion of her as an actress has changed significantly um i never it's not that i hated her I, or didn't dislike her she just wasn't like known to me you know outside of like the disney stuff i guess you see my thing with her is is uh what's her name the look the lady that plays the valkyrie in thor movies oh um keep talking and i'll, I'll think of the name so that lady and everything she's in it's like she's the same character and men in black she was the same character that she is as the valkyrie and in uh Dear white people, she's kind of the same character. Like, I feel like she doesn't Tessa have a Thompson? lot of range. Yeah, I feel like she doesn't have a lot of range. I feel like uh, they kind of make the it's she's like The Rock, where they just make the character around her as a, like her actual personality. And I think I don't know if I haven't seen Zendaya in a, in a lot of other stuff, but is I feel Zendaya? like a I don't know, whatever her uh, name I might is. be wrong. <laughs> Sorry, it, what, Penny Bath uh, cares. Uh, you know, because her and Tom Holland are together, and I feel like a lot of his responses following Far From Home, like, oh, you know, is there a future for Spider-Man? Are you still Spider-Man? I feel like his, because originally he's like, I'll be Spider-Man forever. Like, I'm so excited to be Spider-Man. And now he's like, well, I, I think I'm kind of past the point of being Spider-Man. And I feel like he's really, this has kind of come about since him and him and her have started dating. And so I feel like, because I, I kind of get talking that. about real life yeah wow but okay. and like i've never heard her character yeah and then her characters in the movie like i saw dune which that's a whole different story uh her character in dune and her character in spider-man i feel like the only difference is is she's funny in spider-man but like other than that like the personality to me kind of has this holier than thou uh vibe about it if that makes sense wow okay I'd never heard that before, but anyway, so I, <clears throat> so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the role of Mary Jane um, more than I thought I would. To me, Mary Jane will always be Kirsten Dunst, but that's just because <laughs> that's the Spider-Man that I grew up on. So <clears throat> I really didn't have an issue with it. 
Um, part of it I thought was, you know, there were some cheesy parts in it, which we can all acknowledge. I was not as impressed when Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield showed up. I think that the way that they came could have been a lot better. Um, you know, even rewatching it last night, Andrew Garfield kind of, you know, running in. I'm like, okay, I could deal with that. It's kind of cheesy a little bit, you know. But then, like, Toby Maguire just wandering through the portal, like, I'm here to just find your friend. He seems sad. It just was like, I feel like they could have, they were going for nostalgia. They wanted us to be impressed and like, oh my God, oh my God. But I feel like he could have been presented in a better way. I don't know how his entrance would have been better or like where it could have been at in the movie. But I feel like just that was not it. I think they 100% were banking on the nostalgia of people our age having grown up with uh, Toby and, and then had Andrew, you know, to, to come in and replace him and, and so on and so forth. And like, what sucks is, is like, I saw the amazing Spider-Man too in theaters, actually up here. I saw it with uh, Fred over in Largo and, you know, where were all these people that supposedly loved him as Spider-Man when that movie came out? Cause if there were people that had really been there, there would have been a third month. And, and I liked, and that's what I told Steven last night. I liked the amazing Spider-Man. I don't think he's getting enough. He's gotten enough credit. As no, Spider-Man. I think he got crapped on because everyone was so had their heads so far up their own ass about Toby. Like, in my opinion, like I, they will always be the first Spider-Man for, for me, but like they're cheesy. They're of that same time period of like the X-Men movies and stuff. And when you look at new Mar- the Marvel movies now, they all have this, and Martin Scorsese and I will, can have this out until the day I die. They are film now. The characters are not one dimensional. They right. are living and breathing people. And uh, the movies have depth and story. And like, uh, Toby's didn't have that. Toby's was like, we're going to make a Spider-Man movie. And it wasn't good. They were good. They were good for what they were. They were, they really were the best Marvel movies at the time. I would say arguably even the best superhero movies at the time, but like they are silly. And I think they, this is my worry because we were talking about, you know, maybe some of the movie, we might talk about some of the movies going forward. This is my worry about Dr. Strange too, is they've, that movie's been in constant reshoots. And I think it's because they're throwing characters in, to to really hype up fans you know like supposedly uh sir patrick stewart's appearing as professor x and uh there's a rumor that wolverine will finally show up in the mcu but i guess it's not hugh jackman um and there's all these characters like deadpool's gonna finally come into the mcu and all this crap and that's that's great but i feel like this i i, I honestly as a fan, this hurts, but I feel like we're, I think we are in the, the end game of the MCU. I think this is where it's going to start to die because the ambition and the ambition is so large. And they're as somebody with a, a, that does marketing, you know, has a marketing degree. The first thing I can tell you is you don't know what you want. Nobody knows what they want. And that's generally what marketers are there for is to try and figure it out that that thing that you don't know that you want, but that you really want. And now studios are catering more to, Oh, everybody on Reddit's like, wouldn't it be neat if Toby and Andrew showed up or if Deadpool showed up and studios are like, Oh, we got to find a way to squeeze that into the script now. And they're not really working on the, like, Oh no, no, we're going to, we're going to give you what you want. You just don't know what you want yet. Right. And to and me, I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I was going to say to me, like seeing how they've scripted and how, what they've done with these characters from the time of Toby Maguire to Tom Holland um, re- really stood out for me was the scene um, with, do you remember the scene where they're all standing in the kitchen, right? Mm. At Ned's grandma's house or whatever. And, uh, they're like, how do we know? How do we know you're really Spider-Man? And Toby Maguire's like, well, I don't really go around advertising it. Like, I feel like it was like this. Back then, it was like this hidden. Like, you knew like he was a superhero. You knew he was out there somewhere. But like, we didn't get. We got that. We knew that. Um, but there wasn't just all these dramatics and all this other stuff kind of played into it. Like I feel like it is now. And I kind of 
piggybacks off what you're saying, but the other part of that that stood out to me was um, the when they're at the um, when they're standing there waiting at the Statue of Liberty, waiting for the villains to show up, and they're all like, "Got your suit on?" And they're all like, "Yeah, you know, everyone's geared up." And they look at Toby again, and he's just like pulling their shirts to the side. And he's like, "It's there." Like it's like subtle, like not in your face. Like I'm Spider Man. Like I'm so cool. It's just kind of like he just is. Like he is well, Spider Man. Some of that comes from, and I don't. I've never read the Spider Man comics. This would definitely be more of a discussion to have, like with people like Fred, for example. But from my understanding. So, Fred, if you're listening, you should come on. We need the your show. help. Uh, so, from my understanding, each Peter is a different Peter. Like, so I think from my understanding, uh, Toby is old man Peter Parker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're and, right. You're accurate. And then, uh, obviously, you know, uh, Andrew's the amazing Spider Man, but I can't remember his universe. I see, but that's where I get confused because from my understanding, well, I guess his. Peter would be the Peter from into the spider verse. The one that basically has lost everything. And he's kind of a whiny old dude. If you've, if you've seen that movie, um, if you haven't, it's excellent, but yes. like, I'm going to talk about that. So that makes sense because Andrew Garfield was kind of, a, he basically was still whining about having uh, not been able to save Gwen Stacy and basically never moved on. <laughs> couldn't be he said uh, whining he's whining about the lost love of his life <laughs> i mean it more or less kind of was his fault because he could have done anything other than what he did but you know whatever and it was really hard to watch that too because steven then in the background is like this isn't even the right green goblin i don't want this green goblin i'm like what are you talking about that's fucking william defoe like, yeah like that's that is green goblin and he's arguing with me that he thinks that uh the Green Goblin that was uh, in Andrew Garfield's version. He liked that one a lot better. Well, and see, that's the other problem is that, and I'm the one thing I'm grateful about Tom Holland's is they haven't recycled villains, which is nice because you have, you have two different Green Goblins. You have, uh, you know, especially, and eventually you're supposed to get that Harry, Harry Osborne is the Hobgoblin. And then you have Norman, which is William Defoe's character, is supposed to be the Green Goblin. And I, I like that Tom Holland doesn't recycle villains. Yeah, that's but true. But at the same time, like, I wasn't a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio just because I felt like it, it just wasn't, I don't know, it felt like they were really trying to go for a Christopher Nolan, like Christopher Nolan of the Batman is like, what if Bruce Wayne were actually a real person who lived in Pittsburgh and had just insane amount of money? You know what I mean? Like, he's not mythical. He's not magical. He doesn't, he's not, he's the least like comic books, right? It's kind of what Christian Bales was. And Tom Hollins is like, all right, what if, what if Spider-Man's real? And what if like one of his villains is just a narcissistic asshole who's mad at Tony Stark? And like the vulture makes sense in the sense that like, you know, of what he was up to, because the vulture somehow makes it in the ranks of like one of the high level villains, but he's really just kind of like a normal dude with a jetpack. But like Mysterio is supposed to be like actually kind of a big problem for Spider-Man. But uh, so anyways, like, like I'm saying, but like then Tom's is supposed to be another one and they haven't. If I'm if I were if I were a betting man, I would say that Tom Holland's Spider-Man and the Spider-Man from the PlayStation games, uh, that from Insomniac, are relatively close to being the same Peter Parker. Which I and see, like this is my thing. I don't mind Miles Morales. I actually like him, but I don't want to see Peter die to give way to another Spider-Man. I'd rather right. see it him hand the torch off mm. or because like in the game and in that story in that universe peter and miles exist at the same time and they are they because miles has a different he has similar powers but he has like the ability to conduct electricity or something um disappear so 
Yeah, stuff like that. So like they basically divide New York up between the two of them. And Peter is allowed to have a normal life because Miles exists as another Spider-Man. Yep. Which- and Stephen loved, love, love, loves Miles Morales. Says that's his favorite Spider-Man. Well, um, and they've already referenced his existence mm-hmm. sort of in the MCU because uh, Childish Gambino, um, Danny Glover, is uh, his uncle, Night Stalker. And Peter or Tom Holland twice encounters him. The first time was when he was trying to buy a weapon. And then the second time when Peter sticks his, uh, he shoots him with the web slinger and sticks his hand to the trunk of the car and the, uh, the voice machine in his suit fucks up. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Another thing too. <clears throat> just choking there is uh the first spider-man like Tobey Maguire's um movies were directed by Sam Raimi um and um this was not uh I think Tom Holland's was John Watts right I'm not entirely uh, sure I'm not the best with directors I just know I had to look that up actually I think it is John Watts who did um No Way Home um so one thing too, when I look at directors, um, and obviously I'm not the best person to have this in-depth conversation about, but I just want to quickly reference that Sam Raimi did a really great job. We all know him from some of his other stuff, um, Drag Me to Hell, um, Dark Band, Evil Dead, um, The Gift. Uh, he is going to be directing Doctor Strange 2. So that gives me a little bit of hope that it's not going to be bad because Doctor Strange is one of my favorites. Um, and that was one of the reasons why I watched No Way Home again last night was, you know, to watch Doctor Strange partly. Um, so I'm really excited for that movie. And it makes me sad that you think it might not be the best because of what you think they might do, because I have a feeling that you could be right. Well, and that's my problem. I I, I really want it to be good because I, I look like I said, I'm a I'm a big, obviously a big Marvel and Star Wars fan. And, you know, for me, it hurt watching Tony, you know, die at Endgame because I'm going to be straight and honest with you on this one. He's my favorite. He is my favorite character in the live action movies by far. I mean, if I, if I have to pick just in general character and existence, it's Captain America. But like, as far as the MCU goes, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is hands down my favorite and watching him die and then watching kind of like my backup character become like this old man and just decide to be like, right. It was like, well, there goes everything. And uh, See, Captain America is my favorite. And watching that was like, <laughs> somehow right. they got to fix this. Well, and like, I, we can get into, we can get into the Captain America and the Winter Soldier another time. But like, it, it's, I'm not sure where you go from here because Robert Downey Jr. just as a person really is Tony Stark. And he really is a tentpole person slash character. And it's what has held the MCU up and together this whole time. And now he's gone. And then you had this, this moral compass, which in, in Captain America, and now he's gone too. And so like, I, I think they were, I think the studio was originally betting on Captain Marvel to be the replacement for one of them, but nobody likes Brie Larson. <laughs> and uh, she's an insufferable person. That is the nicest thing I can say about her. And what's even worse is like, this isn't like I'm a misogynist. This is, I went into Captain Marvel because I was really excited about Captain Marvel because I actually had been waiting on a Black Widow movie for forever and it took them forever to get it. By the time that we got it, I just didn't care. But like, I, I went into Captain Marvel really excited about it. And the whole movie, is she? it's just like this, she's just she's just an insufferable character like her personality sucks and it turns out she's that way in real life and a lot of the other people the actors in the movies don't like her because i've seen them on like press junkets and stuff and she just starts talking out of the hole in the side of her head and they just look at her they don't enjoy her being there and uh i mean that says something and so i think marvel sort of dumped that idea but now they're like okay well well who carries the torch next because like 
we know for a fact Guardians 3, this is the end of the main lineup of the Guardians. Uh, Dave Bautista no longer wants to be Drax. Um, Chris Pratt's got to go to church. And I don't really know what the other... Oh, uh, the guy that does Rocket's voice doesn't want to be Rocket anymore. And uh, I think Marvel slash Disney's tired of paying Vin Diesel lump, you know, bags of cash to just say, <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> Ten million right. dollars. Right. Well, exactly. Well, like there was an interview. Who was it? They were somebody was interviewing Paul Bettany or somebody else who. Oh, they were interviewing uh, Robert Downey Jr. And he was talking about Paul Bettany back when Paul Bettany was just the voice of Jarvis. And he was like, it was you. He, that, that man was so upset the day they told him that he had to come in and suit up because up until that point, he'd been making like a million dollars to just walk in, say some stuff and leave. And uh, I, I think, you know, so we're starting to see a shift, but the question is, is who's going to carry this? And the reality is, is like, I, I, Peter can't, Tom Holland, Tom Holland could as a person, I think maybe, but Peter as a character cannot carry the MCU as a whole. He's just not a big enough character. And Bradley Cooper I, doesn't want to do the voice of Rocket anymore. No, Bradley Cooper said, I think he's done. And so like we're oh, getting, so the that. thing with the Guardians is, is that it Guardians of the Galaxy isn't just the crew we know. There's actually a lot of them. They're like, they're like their own version of the Avengers. And so we'll get another crew. It'll just be a different crew. But the question is, is what happens to Thor in this? Because he plays a part in Guardians 3. He's also got his own fourth movie coming out. But like Chris Hemsworth has said, like people are like, well, how many other Thors are you going to do? And he's like, well, I don't know. I don't know how many more people want to see me in. And it's like, dude, you're the only one left. You're it. You're the last of the old guard. Like, I mean, you have, you, I mean, you have. I couldn't uh, imagine him dumping that role and them giving it to somebody else. Uh, well, they, they are there. This is the problem. And this is, this is, this is where I'm going to get in trouble. So the problem is, is they're pulling characters now that don't really have a fan base or don't have a, a, a large fan base or a historical fan base. And they're really banking on those characters because they're, they're different. They're not white characters um, to carry the MCU. And DC has recently found out with uh, Robin and Starfire's daughter. Is it Darkfire? I can't remember what her name is, but like they, they rewrote her character and her look and made her like this, really chubby short bowl haircutted septum piercing angry looking girl and the tank comic sales for it have absolutely bottomed out and the pro this is the same problem with star wars movies instead of marketing towards the audience that you know already exists you're just you're trying to pick up an audience that doesn't exist Right or doesn't exist in the numbers that you think they do because like, and you could see it with uh, Rogue One, right? I don't know if you're a fan of Star Wars. I, I don't think I've ever asked, but uh, I don't think I want to answer this question. <laughs> so like, I was my father saw Star Wars Episode Four or uh, A New Hope, the original in 1977. He saw it in theaters, and um, my father still lights up to this day when he talks about going to see it with his dad and how all the noises sound like exactly what he'd always imagined they would sound like. So for him, that's like the epiphany of a sci-fi movie. Like that's it. That's as good as it gets. And uh, when I was a kid, you know, much like many kids who had parents like that, you know, some of my first memories are the opening crawl and the fanfare for star Wars. Um, and I think that's how a lot of the fan base is created, where we kind of indoctrinate our own children and the people we love into this, this fan base. The fan base grows and grows and grows. Um, and I think the Marvel movies are kind of the same, and so are the comics. The problem is, is for some reason, the studios have it in their mind. Oh, my mind, God, like, is this real? I'm, I'm hearing news that Will Smith decked Chris Rock because he made a uh, joke at Jada and it wasn't scripted what they had to mute him because will was cussing him out and then p diddy was the icebreaker how did i miss this was that the oscars yes how did this breaking news 
Oh my God. Local authorities say Will Smith took a jab at Chris Rock. <laughs> I gotta, I'm going to research this. Uh, while you do that, I'll finish my thought. So like, uh, studios have it in their mind that, you know, hey, if we just make movies geared towards the, you know, these groups of uh, these groups of people or like a younger audience that like this will draw on the people. But like when Star Wars Rogue One came out, Anybody who's been a fan forever will tell you Rogue One literally leads up to the original movie. It's why there cannot be a sequel. There could be prequels. There can be uh, beforehand or, and, and other spinoffs, but there can't be a sequel because it literally walks right into the opening minutes of episode four or the original movie. And a lot of the people who were going to see this movie are, I guess, what you would what you'd call like typical moviegoers who just oh, it's a, a Friday night, let's go grab, let's go see a movie, you know, the latest movie, and we'll, we'll grab dinner. And uh, the problem is, is if you cater to that audience, they're very finicky. And they also are uninformed in whatever the story base is. And I think because of that, we're go this is why I said we're going to start seeing, I feel like we're going to start seeing the end of the MCU, because they're starting to bring in characters that don't really have a fan base, at least to my understanding. So characters like Ironheart, who is the replacement for Tony Stark. And what upsets me about the Ironheart character and the script for it already is from my understanding, the plan basically is to uh, bash Tony Stark as a character and be like, uh, you know, one of the parts of it is going to be like, Tony Stark was the best Iron Man, but Ironheart is betterer. Kind of like uh, in the Bourne legacy when they had uh, the guy that plays Hawkeye and they were like, Jason Bourne was the ultimate killing machine. This guy is better. Like you can't really have the best and somebody better than the best. That, that really defies the English language. So um, and then on top of that, like they're going to bash a character who is loved and, and renowned and enjoyed and has really carried this story and allowed it to the whole story to exist uh it, for the sake of trying to gain a new audience just seems well ridiculous to me regardless of why you do it if that makes any sense um okay i found some information out apparently this is true news oh my um, God. so when people hear this is everyone's already going to know about it apparently can you hear that yeah oh uh, okay. whatever are you playing something i was playing um i said chris will smith punches chris rock after he jokes about his wife this actually happened apparently um, which wait which chris which chris chris rock chris rock the there's only one chris rock no there's not there's two chris rocks there's the the singer and then the actor the actor okay well there's two everybody the hates chris okay thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently Chris took a, that hit like a champ and didn't react holy shit let me see if it's actually I'm watching a live video right now um, see I don't know why he's so mad everybody's shitting on Jada here lately and everyone's shitting on her because of that stupid oh, red shit. table thing it's fake ooh keep my wife my mice name out your mouth oh what do you say that's oh, what I want to know Okay, so I guess apparently he, I can't, it's for some reason I can't play this and that at the same time, but he made a joke about Jada and then I see Will yelling, keep my wife's name out your, I'm assuming effing mouth, but they ABC cut the audio and then apparently uh, Will's got out of his chair and punched Chris. I uh, haven't seen it for myself yet, but definitely going to keep watching this as we continue about this. So Doctor Strange, back to that, that was exciting. So we know that Benedict Cumberbatch um is going to be back as dr strange obviously like seven different dr stranges <laughs> yeah uh, i'm excited uh benedict wong uh is coming back as wong um, you mean ned's dad <laughs> yes we have uh dr nicodemus west uh michael stalbarg is going to be playing him we already know scarlet uh which is in there but Mads Mikkelsen's character, from my understanding, is returning too. Mm. Now, the thing that has kind of shocked fans or 
surprised is that Rachel McAdams is coming back as Christine Palmer. And you remember he was her first, he was the love, she was a love interest in the first film. But in this trailer for this, for this second film, it looks like she's getting married to somebody else who's not strange. But she's also going to be playing variants of Christine. So I'm not sure how this is going to play out. Um, Did you watch the What If show on Disney Plus? Yeah, I was just about to talk about that. Oh, okay. So I was going to say, I think that's... It went I think dark that's, in that episode. Well, right. And that, that Strange is going to show up in the universe. He's in the trailer. And yeah. I think the thing with her is... It's kind of like the running theme with any of the Marvel things is that there's always this character. It's just different variations of any of the characters, right? So like there's always a Spider-Man who is Spider-Man changes, right? And I think with Doctor Strange, he always or he's never able to have her. And it's just different versions of he's not able to have her. There's like no happy universe where he gets to be both Doctor Strange and uh, married to her, if that makes any sense. That makes sense. And, you know, um, I didn't, I thought Rachel McAdams did a good job in the first film, so I'm not like unhappy to see her in the second. I'm just curious at how it's all going to play out. I know she, um, she, I don't mind her as an actress in general, I guess is what I'm going to say. I think she does pretty well. I'm curious about a lot of the cameos like Patrick, yeah. Sir Patrick Stewart, like there is no other Professor Xavier. So that's cool. And it's about time they bring Deadpool in. I mean, it's uh, also going to bring mutants, though, to the MCU. You know, this is what this is going to do if, if this happens. Right. Which is going to be awesome that this will finally be like mutants are in the MCU and this will be good because this expands where they're able to make. But the mm-hmm. one thing I'm super curious about, and you kind of get the gist of it in the trailer, is that I think they're going to introduce Ultimate Iron Man, mm-hmm. who is rumored to be played by Tom Cruise, because Tom Cruise was the original cast pick for Iron Man before Robert Downey Jr. Mm, okay, okay. And I'm not sure how I feel. I, I personally don't like Tom Cruise, so I'm not really sure how I feel about him replacing my favorite character. Yeah, I... I uh, I really need to think about that. I don't know if Tom Cruise fits into Marvel. Well, I guess the character kind of fits because from my understanding about Ultimate Iron Man, uh, and I just read this the other day. So where Tony gets shrapnel in the chest and it's why he becomes Iron Man, mm-hmm. um, Ultimate Iron Man has a brain tumor. And uh, come to find out eventually uh a long story short somebody cracks open his skull kind of like the story with zeus and athena and out pops this other character and it turns out it was never a brain tumor at all but this him dying from what he thought was a brain tumor is what led him to being like oh shit i can do more for this world than i'm currently doing he becomes iron man because of it oh okay Huh. Uh, supposedly this will introduce the Fantastic Four. Um, Loki might appear. I mean, last they, summer, there was word about that. They said, well, supposedly the German voice actor for uh, Tom Hiddleston's Loki mm-hmm. said that he, the character is reappearing. So we'll see more of that. Obviously, we're going to get Kang the Conqueror. Um, well, especially, well, for, but for Loki, Marvel, you're right. Marvel never confirmed that it was true, but we think that he may be in it because it looks like the TVA or like an organization that looks like the TVA um, is taking Strange away at some point in the film. Um, so we're assuming that it's the TVA, which would then indicate that Loki may well, be. See, I saw, I saw a rumor it wasn't TVA. I saw a rumor it's something called, it's like the council or something council or something like that. And it's why you hear Professor X on it. And supposedly it's him, uh, Ultimate Iron Man, um, and a few others that kind of sit on this like board. But I think, so Dr. Strange is catching the heat for the universe breaking, right? But like, obviously you and I watch the shows. So we know that Loki and female Loki kill uh, the Kang that was keeping the the whole universe or the timeline uh, locked in one place. And so it seems like if I had to guess both, Doctor Strange's thing 
and the Kang the Conqueror thing all happened at roughly the same time, but Strange is the one getting his, you know, get getting hit for it. Mm. Okay. But it will be interesting. I'm more excited about characters. Uh, the new like character. Bla- what about the new live character that's going to be in um, Doctor Strange Two? America Chavez. America Chavez. Yeah. Yeah, Chavez. Chavez. I'm, I'm excited to see what she does but she is kind of again she's one of my worries because i feel like marvel is going to lean on a comic on a lot of these newer characters who don't really have the large audience and and hope that that carries it and my worry is like i don't know because like in the case of black panther they don't really have a choice unfortunately chadwick boseman passed away so they they kind of have to hand it off to shuri a lot sooner than i think they'd ever anticipated on doing that Mm mm-hmm um but like supposedly dr strange's replacement for example is already somewhere in the mcu and i i don't like i don't know enough about these new characters uh to say who they are or whatever but i i am worried that they're they're leaning on stuff that doesn't really have a fan base and they're gonna try and keep getting people like you know myself or even you who are like well i you know i I know all the other story and i want to keep seeing where this is going and they're gonna find out like yeah, but at some point I can stop caring about this too. But I, what I was saying was I'm excited to see uh, Blade um, yeah, show up. Yeah, we're talking about that. Now, Blade, I have, mixed, I have mixed feelings about this because... It's not Wesley Snipes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my problem with it. I wanted Wesley Snipes back. Yeah. He's the only, I mean, the, the, uh, what is it? Is it, is it I, I, I know it's... I don't want to mess it up, so I'm not even going to say it, but he looks the part. He looks like a young Wesley Snipes, in my opinion. I, I do think he'll be an okay Blade. Even Wesley Snipes has been on set to kind of coach him in being Blade. Um, and I'm pretty stoked about that. But what I'm more stoked about is that Blade means that there are vampires, and if there are vampires and Blade exists, it then, means then that Edward that, and Bella can come. Uh, no, that's the worst case scenario. Um, it's that uh, <laughs> Twilight crossover. <laughs> my God, I, that would be it. I would burn the studio down. Um, is that Ghost Rider will finally appear in the MCU? And I love the Ghost Rider, and I don't care if it, they bring Nicolas Cage back. I was going to say anything. Anything's better than the crappy ghost because they had a different variation of the Ghost Rider on Agents of Shield, and I don't like that guy. I think Ghost Rider on a motorcycle is far cooler than Ghost Rider in in a Chevelle. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. I mean, or a Camaro or whatever he was driving, like a flaming motorcycle with a skeleton whose head is also on fire on it versus a guy in a Camaro with a racing stripe down the center of it. Like, that's not interesting. But apparently they said they, I guess Marvel's been actively avoiding Nicolas Cage. So I guess we won't get his Johnny Blaze if we get one. He's making movies like Pig. Have you seen that? Uh, I don't know if I saw that one. I saw that uh, incident in Ghostland movie. Mm, Okay. And that whole movie was like, I think... I think the only way I'd get this is if I did drugs. You know, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm never going to look at Nicolas Cage and not think about the Declaration of Independence. Nobody will. But he's he's such a wacky dude. Like his whole life is insane. I, I kind of want to see that new movie he's doing with um Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weight of um, what is it? Uh, weight of unbearable talent or something like that. And it looks or the unbearable weight of massive talent. It looks so funny. Because it's essentially supposed to be a spoof biopic of his life. But he insisted that he play himself. Like, this is the, the movie fuck? where he's like, everyone's like, Nicholas, Nicholas Cage sucks or whatever. Uh, yeah, they're like, but then this guy's like his ultimate fan. So he pays him to come to the island and like be. Oh, him. okay. So I saw this. This has been. Word of this word of this has been out for a while then. So this is Yeah, I've started okay. I've started seeing the trailers for it. I mean, it looks hilarious, but like mm-hmm. uh I you know it is interesting that they didn't go with the comic book line for Back to Blade now that I think about it. In the new line cuz Blade's comic series disappeared for a while, like a few years. When they reintroduced it, um I think it's Moon Knight. Moon Knight found Blade 
locked up in Dracula's castle. And uh, by this point, Blade has a son. So they could have done it with like old Wesley Snipes and a new kid. So I don't know why they didn't do that. I am excited about Moon Knight, though. Stoked about that. Marvel's finally going to get violent. So we just took a brief break. Um, Wow, I just can't. I can't stop thinking about this. Will it, and, it's uh, the funniest, Chris funniest Rockham. thing I've ever seen. First of all, hey. that, that joke. So we just both watched the video and, you know, that joke that he made that Chris Rock made. I mean, it wasn't even funny, but whatever. It was funny, but it wasn't enough to warrant this reaction. This is Will taking this out on the rest of the world for making fun of Jada. This. OK, so first of all, she had jokes coming for a long time. And, and the fact that this. As a man, you want to feel bad for Will Smith because it's like, like, I don't know if you've read the uh, or seen that thing where for one of her birthdays, he like went all out. He did all this stuff for her. And her whole thing basically was like. It was a, a big narcissistic thing. He's, he, you know, blah, 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 and basically shit all over the whole thing. And then, you know, she does the red table where she basically tells Will Smith, yeah, I cheated on you and you have to eat it. And so the fact that, like, he still got up there on stage and, you know, I don't know what that was, a a punch, a slap, a love tap, looked like a love tap. Um, (laughs) What that was, I I don't know what that says about him. I I mean, I don't know, man to man. This is embarrassing. And that's how I feel. I feel like this is embarrassing for Will. First of all, to get up there and to actually assault somebody on live television in front of millions of people. Knowing oh, this is going to screw up his contract with Disney for sure. <laughs> and also, he is a, he's famous. He's a celebrity. Everyone's going to see this is recorded forever. To oh, yeah. There and, and physically assault somebody for making a joke. This could have been handled differently. And I know a lot of people are going to say, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. You shouldn't be talking about my wife. But people are going to do that regardless. So you're going to go around well, punching we've everybody been ta- in the face? Everybody's been talking about his wife. Why is it that Chris Rock makes a joke about, a, uh, a non-existent movie because she's got a shaved head like i'm gonna level with you i don't even know why she's actually famous first of all second of all she is kind of an insufferable person she's um way back in the tupac back there in that era i think she's famous solely because of tupac like I, I think she's just one of those people that because she was in Tupac's gravity and was around and was, I guess, dating him from my understanding, like that's why she's pretty much famous. But I, like the whole thing is embarrassing. The whole it's super table, embarrassing. The whole like and like she, August Alcine is that who it was? It was her son's best friend. Oh, yeah, it was him. Um, <laughs> that doesn't get any worse than that. What was that catchphrase? Um, I got that freaking. Oh, uh, it was an entanglement. Head. Entanglement. There was. I was thinking about the womblands. Yeah, like, it was. <laughs> she's like, it was an entanglement. Like, no, you cheated, and it not just with anybody. It wasn't like you you screwed. I don't know, Chris Tucker. You had sex with your son's best friend. For and- some odd reason, to me, that fact was unknown. I just, I was just thinking about the just the levels and the differences and all of that but but i mean like and he was supposed to and she's this is the first time obviously she tells him but it was on a live stage like i know imagine if steve told you on camera in front of everybody hey i've been banging the taco bell uh drive-thru girl like yeah and then everybody made fun of him for his reactions yeah i mean the inside the fact that that man is still breathing and hasn't like you know, opted to end it all or, you know, end it all for everybody else is, I don't know, a testament to him, I guess. But I mean, if we're just going to talk about the hilarity of this, the fact that this man, I followed before you say that, I think there was some other stuff that had happened too. like, I kept seeing their name pop up. It was like, he kept, it just continued. He, then he said he had something on the side. Yeah. He, he was trying to, he, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know when you get, when, when, you and some, you know, when somebody you love says something hateful to you and you're like, yeah, well, I don't know. I hope your coffee tastes like shit. Like, it's just not even a good comeback. You're just saying shit because you're, you're so hurt. You're trying to defend yourself. So you're just firing anything and everything. Like, you know what I mean? 
like if that makes any sense i guess like if it when some you know you yeah. see it a lot in a lot of these things where like I, I saw one where this guy makes a photo album but it's a photo album of pictures that were taken of his girlfriend cheating on him and like the whole time she's just like good you caught me and and he's just like yeah i got you and she's like okay and like it's like the desperation uh I don't know what the word is not to be cool, but like to come out on top, I suppose. Well, to not look like such a idiot in front of everybody. You would embarrass in front of the whole world, but then right. also I mean, this punch is embarrassing. What was that? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like for an action hero, <laughs> you, you can't even throw a hit. Like you look, I honestly, he looks like uh, the cover of like pugilist monthly from 1940s. Like the fight, he looks like the, an ad for the fighting Irish. <laughs> um, you know, this is like when Orlando Bloom got in a fight with Justin Bieber. Like, this guy was legolas and then just completely throws this ridiculous over-the-top throw. And Ju- Justin Bieber, of all people, just ducks underneath it. Like, this is the see, same thing. Do you see how he walked on stage? Will walked on stage, and Chris was like, uh-oh. I thought yeah. he was, he probably thought he was coming up there to say something funny on the mic. Oh, no, I think you know? Chris, I think Chris Rock knew it was coming. I think... I think he, I think he, he saw Jada's expression. Oh yeah. I think he saw Jada's expression. I think he knew what, what Will was getting up there for. I think the reason he, cause he didn't even put his hands out to stop him. I think he knew it was coming. And I think he's smart uh, to be enough honest, to know that if he got back in, into that, what that would look like for him. Oh, I feel like this was a hundred percent planned. Like I think Chris Rock did this purposely and I want, because I, I've listened to his, some of his stand up and some of his, you know, like, I guess his uh, thoughts on shit. And he's not quite the, he's not quite the Hollywood celebrity that like, I guess he, you know, obviously physically is like his mindset's not there. And so I think he saw this coming, but I think he planned on doing it if for nothing else than to make them look like jackasses or something. To embarrass, to get, to get a joke off of her because everybody's always joking about them. So I guess he figured that joke would make it. Are. I mean, it wasn't. A, it what the worst part. It wasn't even a good joke. Like, it really he didn't wasn't. Take, he didn't take a shot at her for the stuff he should have taken a shot at her for. Right. Um. So it wasn't even that great of a joke. But the fact that he like took it hands behind the back, like on the chin, and Will Smith doesn't even throw like a good hit. I I don't know what that says about Will Smith, but what it tells me about Chris Rock is that dude is is devious as shit. Like a bait in the fall for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Will Smith ate it. Like, I can almost guarantee you if we're going to go on cancel culture and stuff, like, if if they don't go after, if if uh, if they go after Will Smith, this ends his contract with Disney of doing, like, the Discovery Earth and stuff like that. That, like, oh, this dude just gets up there and hits people. Like, that's not okay. I know. But I'm I, thinking I, about Deadshot and just in general and how much. Well, that character is already long gone. But. Well, I know that. <laughs> I know that, but I mean, like, how he's 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 got his foot in that door and now this is gonna well, but the problem is is now you're gonna get on the other side of it where it's gonna be people are gonna be like oh well chris rock shouldn't have said that he should have kept his mouth shut and it's like i think for anybody who's been watching all of this unfold between those two this whole time like i think that was the tamest thing he could have said to that family yeah. i think he could have said a lot worse and i i mean will smith's lucky it was chris rock and not like literally anybody else any other comedian would have taken a much bigger shot at him wow just so crazy wow okay and all live for our own viewing pleasure sad so i love the fact that it was breaking news i had no plans in watching the oscars or whatever at all but like (laughs) they saw that censorship was low maybe that's what it is they were like all right you got to get will smith to come up there and hit you (laughs) <laughs> he he like smacked him so hard i guess he got discombobulated there uh at the end trying to pull it back together I, I i just think of how um right now on youtube there's a video that pops up that says little smooth smacks chris rock with full audio <laughs> at the oscars um Is it, we're gonna say will smith was mic'd up for it so you can hear the <laughs> slap better <laughs> i just i don't know i just feel like this 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 is unfortunate um gosh okay Hot mess. Hot. Oh, everybody's sitting around there. Like, how awkward was that? Penelope Cruz. I mean, it, you. Had, I think that was yeah, near him. 
Yeah, Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem. Aren't they married or something? <laughs> yeah, but I think they were sitting right next to him. So how awkward for that, for them. I mean, it was probably awkward for everybody because like, how do you continue on in a show where you're awarding the people, you know, for great work and well, let's see stuff if like won, that. He'll say if he gets up there. Uh, I mean, how do you go on after that? I don't know. You bring Amy like, Schumer back on stage. Oh God, that was the. <laughs> that's probably what started this. Is they had her up there, and she's not funny. No, she's not funny. And I'm sorry. I know people love her. I know they do. Oh, I, yeah, I I'm do pretty sure not. I know the audience. <laughs> she's she not, not funny. my favorite. She's the like the fact that she was ever called a comedian is horrifying. I've heard I used to have com, uh, Sirius XM and listening to you know Comedy Central Radio, they would do you know half hour specials and stuff every once in a while. And her stand up, it isn't good. She'll just be like, uh, it, like it's always all of her jokes revolve around her vagina. Yes, which is crazy. I, I recall that. It, it was it's crazy about that because then she, you know if you ask like especially her or other female comedians of like well other you know male comedians make jokes about their dicks all the time and i'm like not really like uh richard pryor is pretty famous and made a lot of jokes about observations so did george carlin so did me max so did, i mean i the list goes on like right I mean, you obviously don't have observational comedy. It's just all about your your vagina, which is 100% what hers is. And mm -hmm. she's only like, and the movie, she, she hasn't done a single movie that's worth watching. They're all bad, like Trainwreck. Uh, I don't remember what the other ones are, honestly. Mm. I, Keep I, my cheating wife's name out of your mouth. <laughs> should be a, that should be a drop. We should <laughs> figure out how to make drops and just make that a drop. <laughs> Yeah, like that. I don't know how how we make keep my wife's name out of your mouth a drop. Don't talk about the woman who had sex with my son's friend in front of all these other people, even though she ratted me out in front oh. of everybody for oh, being a bitch. I've got breaking coverage. Um, here we go. Here's the slap he heard around the world. Oh God! <laughs> Love the effects. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, that uh, that was a very, very interesting show. I didn't think we were going to end up. I knew we were going to start talking about Marvel and didn't think that was going to deviate into Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Is it a slap or a punch? I think I need to do further investigation. Yeah, I don't know. It, it looked like a two piece like a, combo. Like somehow he for a slap, but his fist opened up because he realized it was wrong. He just, he, he just changed his plans <laughs> the last second. He was like, I'm going to punch you. Oh, wait, I'm on TV. Like, I, I'll turn this into a slap. <laughs> so, <laughs> well uh thank you all for tuning in with us i think we're gonna wrap it up for the day but i look forward to coming back and seeing what we talk about next bye Whee! and uh on that note <laughs>